0: Well, hello, 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 hello. I am Matt Williamson, and it is a beautiful Monday. I had a nice Mother's Day with my mother and all the mothers in our lives. It was great. We were here. Hope everyone did something similar. Uh, looks like a nice week, but not a real eventful week. So, good week for you guys to throw some nuggets at me. Things you want me to talk about, um, as I do from time to time. Went around the internet and found some good Steeler nuggets. Uh, I'm gonna start with. Roster holes, and this is from ESPN via Football Outsiders. So, they sub out Football Outsiders and they do a bunch of articles per year or whatever. And this article was every team's biggest roster hole with the draft in the books. And the Steelers, they said linebacker, which before reading, I said, I agree. I think off the ball linebacker is probably the position – I would be looking to add help in terms of a potential starter, somebody to battle Roberts along those lines. And then I read it and I'll read it to you. It's two short little uh, paragraphs here. Linebacker depth is a problem for the Steelers, both outside and inside. I thought football outsiders would be past calling Steelers edge guys outside linebackers, whatever. It's a pet peeve of mine. But anyway, on the outside, the main backups to TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith are Quincy Roche, who had two and a half sacks for the, the 2021 Giants, but could only get on the field for three games last year, as well as fourth round rookie Nick Herbig, who got a moderate projection in football outsider sacks system. They have this system where judging off your height, weight, speed, uh, college production, what you project to the next level in terms of sacks and Herbig didn't score great despite being very productive at Wisconsin as a pass rusher. Uh, On the inside, new arrivals Cole Holcomb and Alandon Roberts are backed up by former Giants starter Tay Crowder, who was cut by New York and ended last season on the Steelers practice squad, as well as ex-Seahawks linebackers Tanner Muse, primarily a special teamer. There's also Mark Robinson, who saw 44 defensive snaps last year as a seventh-round rookie. The 2022 Steelers had six different linebackers play at least 35% of the defensive snaps. Let me say that again here. 2022 had six different linebackers play at least 35% of the defensive snaps. So, I think they're talking about the edges and the the off-the-ball guys there, obviously. This whole conversation is about what they call linebackers. So the Steelers are likely going to need some of these guys to step up and perform alongside the starters. I don't have a ton more to mention there. You know, I mentioned Rashawn Evans last year or last week about a potential off-the-ball linebacker. I think some more of those guys will become available. Things like rookie minicamps are now in the books and you're starting to get a better feel for your rookies if you were thinking about making some roster space and linebackers often a spot where – an eighth-year guy, a 6 year guy, or something like that will get let go. And it, frankly, you can always find someone who's serviceable at the linebacker veteran you know spot there, a veteran linebacker spot. So I would be very interested in that. There aren't many names that are just jumping off the table, though. I think Evans has some interest from, from me, but he hasn't been great. Um, as for the edge, I would be a little concerned with Herbig, who I see as the three, And Roche being the four, it's a little light for me as well. I mean, I'm excited about Herbig. I just think asking him to be the three either off the ball or on the edge is a little crazy right now. I mean, I kind of see his rookie year being a lot of special teams five defensive snaps a game, maybe 10, not 30. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's going to be a little bit of a work in progress spot player. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but his physical traits are, I don't say problematic because he's a good football player and I like the pick. Don't get me wrong, but it is concerning and it's not, this just doesn't translate immediately to the next level. Now, they have a lot of detail tackle types, and they have a lot of offensive linemen. They just cut Millett. Yeah, Witherspoon could be on the outs. Who knows? Could you do a player-for-player player trade? Like, I'm not real excited to do the Malik Reed type of move right now to go trade a future fifth for depth guys at the moment, unless there's some name that's just blowing you away that you're getting at a bargain. Chase Young. Well, I'm, not, I'm joking. You're not going to go get Chase Young. But, you know, a Miller light, light, light version of that, you know, somebody that just is on the outs. Yeah, maybe. But I'm not in the mood right now to deal future picks whatsoever for depth guys at these positions that could be had. I'd much rather call Justin Houston. There's three or four other edge dudes out there that have done, you know, Marcus Golden's a really good name that the Steelers would assign him. He probably wouldn't do cartwheels, but Real serviceable number three. All these guys should be cheap, one-year deals. So, you know, I mean, we're just tweaking the roster here and look back at history. Post-draft, May, June, July, pre, even during camp, the Steelers, just like every other team, have added a lot of quality guys that have helped your roster. And I could see another move or two there. Maybe a safety. That would probably be my third spot to consider. Uh, a safety with some slot capabilities. So, those three spots on defense, I think you still have your eyes open for. So, I'm going to go take a break here as usual. And I have another little interesting nugget that's uh, it's kind of alarming, to be honest with you. Be back in a moment. All right. Also going around the internet, Pro Football Focus last week put out most underrated player on every team in the league. Now, the Steelers, I didn't think had a jump out of, you know, jump off the page type of dude, but their choice was Jalen Warren. And I think you and I and, you know, Steeler fans understand that. He's not really all that underrated. He's a valuable dude. He's a true number two. If you're into fantasy, he's a pure handcuff. Those guys aren't as readily available across the league as they used to be. But he got a 73.8 overall grade from Pro Football Focus, which is very good. And this was their quick write-up on him. Warren was one of the most efficient pass catchers out of the backfield in 2022. I'll talk about that again in a moment. I think that's really interesting. The undrafted rookie out of Oklahoma state was one of 45 running backs last season to see at least 30 targets in the passing game. And among that group, he ranked fourth with a 79.8 receiving grade. Additionally, he ranked second by converting 43.8% of his catchable targets into, into either a first down or a touchdown. So this was kind of a coincidence because I found these two nuggets totally separately, just going around, you know, on on the internet, but they back each other up tremendously. Is I've always looked at Warren as boy, good receiver. You know, runs r- runs good routes, very sure-handed. Good after the catch is where he's supposed to be. Presents a nice target for Pickett. Quick to flip his shoulders and get up field. Will break tackles. A um, little more bursty in the open field. You know, you're hitting him in stride. Even at camp, you'd see him run some wheel routes and things like that down the field, down the sidelines. But I never, and I still don't, consider him one of the best receiving backs in the league, you know. But, you know, these numbers for pro football focus are very gaudy. And a, a metric that I'm really growing fond of is they 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 look at just receiving skills for wide outs tight ends and running backs at 538.com you gotta spell it out 538 not 538 but they i'm not sure exactly how it works but it's a collaboration with them who's a stats oriented site and they do really good work they, they do a bunch of other things besides nfl with espn and i've cited it before like They have three metrics. One is getting open, how good you are after the catch, and how well you catch the football. And I've told you this before. If you go to 538 and you look at their rankings, if you just look at receivers, George Pickens is the best at the catch point in the entire league. The one to blow you away is Deontay Johnson. If you haven't heard this before, you're newer to the podcast. I haven't cited this in a while is number one in the whole league at getting open this past year, getting open. And last year, I think he was like second or third, like not a fluke, but anyways, back to Warren. So if you sort it just by running backs, receiving skills only Warren's the second best receiver amongst all running backs in the league last year, only behind Christian McCaffrey. Now, do I think he's a better pass catcher than Austin Eckler and some other studs that catch a ton of balls? No, I don't. But these are two metric-based sites saying, hey, Williamson, you I i know that you know Jalen Warren's a really good receiver, but do you know that he's that good? You know, like one of the best in the league? And – I'm just kind of opening my eyes to, okay, maybe I've even sold this guy short. You know, he was an undrafted free agent. I like him, blah, 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 blah. I remember being up in being in La Trobe, going a weekend, going, this guy has a team made. He's easily the number two. He's so much better than Benny Snell. So, I'm a Jalen Warren fan. However, I never looked at him quite in this light in terms of his pass catching skills. So, if you break it down into three categories, yards after catch. Only Brees Hall, who was first back drafted, I adore him. I think he's a great player, and he's gonna, he's gonna be on a lot of my fantasy teams this year. Jets he's going into his second year. He's hurt a lot last year, though. Warren is only behind Brees Hall in yards after the catch abilities. It's pretty good in terms of catching the football balls. I don't know exactly how they create it, but I'm sure drops are a big part of it. Catching balls you should, catching balls you shouldn't. Fourth in the league in terms of just receiving skills. Like I said, Pickens was number one in that amongst receivers, wideouts. So Warren's number four in terms of just securing the football, bringing it in. Getting open, sixth. I mean, I don't think of him as a super sharp route runner that can detach the slot like McCaffrey and run run Wes Welker routes or Amon Ross St. Brown routes out of the slot. Maybe he's better than that than I thought. So, all this was really eye opening because they both said the same thing, independent of one another. Now, I'm not giving Najee Harris a tough time, but he he was 26th amongst all running backs as a pass catcher, which is fine. Now, I mean that's not bad. It's not good. You know, there's 50, 75, whatever ranked. He's okay. And I will say, it made me crazy, and I've brought this up since I've been doing this podcast, and well before. That's He needs to be used more as a pass catcher. But he has a big enough workload, I guess, as it is. And if Warren's this good of a receiver that I'm, you know, overlooking slightly, maybe he needs to be used more as a receiver. So, just a little nugget there. I thought that was fun. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Over and out.